Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian. Yes, sir. Tonight, you know what, we're going to talk about some things tonight that I think, or both of us, we both think that are very important to the body right now. I think there's been a lot of misunderstanding. I think that we've been thinking wrong for a, a number of years. I, you know what? I'll take away years. I'll say some decades. We've been we've just been thinking wrong, and I really believe tonight, Brian, a lot of things will be made clear. Mm-hmm. Bondages will be broken. Our thought patterns will. We will just have to change those, and just we will just expect more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when, you know, and what we're going to talk about tonight, once we begin to talk about it, people will say, oh, yeah, yeah, we understand. But a lot of times what happens is, you know, when talking about the topic we're going to discuss, not a whole lot of people really understand it, and not a whole lot of people can actually teach it. Mm-hmm. And so tonight we have somebody who we believe is well-versed in the subject and can offer some Guaranteed solutions, because of course the show is about solutions. We yeah. want to find solutions to these problems, to the issues that you know befall us. Mm-hmm. So tonight's show is going to be very interesting and informative. Powerful, powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you know, what I say, Brian. I'll go ahead and tell you tonight's uh, topic is make it happen, and our special guest is pastor and best-selling author. Monica Haskell, you know, and she talks about being entitled to more. Mm. <laughs> That's her book, right? That's it. Yeah, we need to get that book. Absolutely, and you can also go to her website at www.pastormonicahaskell, and that's spelled P-A-S-T-O-R-M-O-N-I-C-A-H-A-S-K-E-L-L.com. If you want me to repeat it, you got to listen to the show. <laughs> but... uh if you have a comment or a question, you can call us at 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Or you can drop me a Greg an email. Greg's email is gregoryturner at AbundantSolutionsEnterprises.com. And my email is info at MindAlteringStrategies.com. Or you can hit us up on MySpace. And you know how to find us, www.myspace.com slash ASE Motivation, and www.myspace.com slash Brian J. Henderson. But tonight, Greg, we have Pastor Monica Haskell on with us, and I want to actually bring her on and introduce her. Good, go ahead. Welcome you tonight, Ms. Haskell. Are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. Brian and I were just, just tickled to death when we found out that you were free and you were able to come on because... We have our notes, we have our pens and every right now, and we're just going to take these notes down, and we're just going to live a life of ex- in the expectant mode. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Pastor you know what, when, you, when you, you talk about entitled to more, yes. where did you get that book, or was that just something that kept waking you up at night until you had to deal with it? You had to put it on paper. Well, you know what? I started looking at my life, and I and I looked at my life, and it was not reflected uh, to the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for. I realized that my life lacked the luster and splendor that God had designed, and I knew it had to be more than this. I was going through drama, you know, discouragement, doubt, and debt. And I said, no, I knew that there was more. And so I got under people of faith. And they taught me that I, too, was entitled to more. And so I began my search that way. Mm. Mm. Wow. You know what? It's it's interesting that you, you know, a lot of people won't do that. They won't look back over their life to figure out, okay, why am I not living the way that I'm supposed to live? Do you think the reason that you did that, do you think that our father was saying, you can be more, you can do this, you can have this. It's a, it's a reason that you're not accepting just any any lifestyle. It's a certain lifestyle that you know 
that he's promised to you. Do you think he was reminding you of that? Absolutely. You know, his, his the book, the Bible is filled with so many promises that people just kind of ignore. And for some reason, all we talk about is the things that are familiar to us that we've learned through tradition. But when I looked at my life and I looked at the fact that Jesus died that we may have life and life abundantly, when you think of abundance, you think of not enough, I mean, so much more that you can't even hold. I think of it this way. My hands are out and I have an abundance of something and it's just spilling over and it's falling out. Well, that's the life that Jesus Christ died for. And it's not just money, but it's more peace than you could have need of, uh, more joy, more happiness, so much so that it's uh, so big that it spills over on your neighbor. Mm. So when I looked at my life, I didn't have that. Wow. You know, the question I was going to ask you is, what do you call prosperity? Because a lot of people know what, you know, when they see prosperity, they, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, the pastor's getting rich off all the poor people in the pulpit. Yes. You know, because that was my first impression. And, mm-hmm. you know, sad to say that I've actually been around some ministries that were like that. Right. And so it gave me a skewed vision of prosperity. But when I read it for myself, and understood what prosperity means, you know, I just want to ask who I consider an expert on what prosperity is. Well, prosperity, first of all, is not just money, but it includes that. And we do. We shy away from it because we don't understand it. And I I just like to say also that there are some ministries where the only person that's prospering is the pastor or um, some of the leadership, and and that's not what God designed for it to be. The the, the point is, is that if you obey the Bible says, obey me and serve me. You'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. Um, that's Job 36 and 11. I mean, if you obey the principles and teachings of God, you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. That means prosperity is not just money. It's, it's like I stated, uh, more peace um, and abundance but uh, an abundance of money, let's talk about it. I mean, because we don't like to talk about it. Do you think that the Lord Jesus Christ saved you so that you could live in lack? It just doesn't make sense. What benefit would it be to the unbeliever to get saved if their life is going to be just as miserable or more miserable being saved? Mm. So I look at my prosperity as Holy Ghost filled bait to the unbeliever to say, look, y'all don't know what y'all missing. I'm living good serving the Master. Mm. And you know what? So many people, because of that misunderstanding, because they don't understand prosperity, when they look at you, when they go to your website and mm-hmm. they see you, I, I, I told you before the show, when I saw your picture, I said, wow, that's money. <laughs> and, and I didn't mean it in a negative way. You just look like you're, you're flowing in that. And that's a beautiful thing. That's the first thing that I noticed when, when your assistant, Janelle, when she sent me that picture, I said, wow, she, this is a beautiful woman. She she just looks like an ambassador for our father. So when people look at you now, people kind of they kind of judge you by what they see, and they really don't have the true understanding. So what they'll do is because of their negative thoughts, they'll tell another church member, "Oh, she's just trying to act rich. Oh, she's Absolutely. just doing this." And, and you're being blessed, and they don't even recognize that. They're going against, and when they say things like that, they're going against a lot of the blessings. They don't know your prayers. Amen. They don't know your relationship with with God. They don't understand what you and the Father are talking about on a daily basis. All they're looking at is from the outside to say, okay, she's driving this, she's living in this, you know, I'm struggling. Well, why is it that you're struggling? Why Why don't you have what she has? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what, what would you say to someone that's on the edge right now in the church, they're judging the pastors by what they have. What would you say to that person? Well, first of all, I want to say this. It's not because I'm a pastor, because I was in ministry for um, about 10 years. And five years ago, I just ministered at the Women Who Win conference with Dr. Bridget Hilliard uh, in Houston, Texas. And it was just an awesome opportunity. But what I shared uh, that night during that message, and I've been getting hundreds of responses uh, as a result of that, was that five years ago I was broke, busted, and disgusted. And mm-hmm. guess what? Broke is overrated. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> I, I was living in a two-bedroom apartment. 
with five people. My husband was preaching all over the country. I was in management and banking, and we could barely make ends meet. And so we sought a mentor because the Bible talks about follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. So we found somebody who was walking these principles. And the first thing that they taught me, the first thing was I was exposed to more. See, exposure creates expansion. Mm -hmm. When you see more, you have that desire for more. Whether it's more God, you know, more power. When you see more, you want to experience more. So that was the first thing. The second thing was this is where the book came from. I was exposed, then I was taught that I was entitled, that I too deserved a better lifestyle. After that, I started expecting more. So I started going home talking to some stuff. I, I, I started confessing the word of God over my life. And after I was exposed to more, taught that I was entitled to more, started expecting more, guess what? I started experiencing more. And it was just that simple. And that's what I talk about in the book, how to move from a life of drama, discouragement, doubt, and debt, and transform your life into peace, purpose, power, and prosperity. Hmm. You know, it sounds like the law of attraction. We had a gentleman on with us, Don Boyer, last week, and he He's also a pastor, and he talked about the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And he talked a little bit about, you know, if you think negative, that's what's go that's what's going to happen. But if Absolutely. you think positive, so do you believe it was because you began to think more in a positive manner, and you began to focus on what you wanted and what you wanted to happen to you, that that allowed God to step in? Well, I'm a, I'm going to go a step further than thinking. Because a lot of times we can think all day long that the, the you know things are going to happen for us and we can be stuck in that situation. The Bible says in Joshua one eight, and thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. We've heard that scripture over the years. But one, I'm, I was in a small church in West Virginia, and my pastor, um, my husband and I, our, our pastor Bishop Ivy Hilliard was preaching, and it was like a light bulb clicked. And it says, and if you shall make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. I realized I was waiting on God to do some things that he's been waiting on me to do. He had already equipped and empowered me to do. That night, I'm telling you, the Lord spoke so clear to me, I was writing in a journal, but a pen wouldn't write fast enough, so I had to get a pencil so it could glide over the paper. That's how clearly he said what I was going to do. He told me that I was going to be on the radio. He told me that I was going to be, have a television program. I didn't have any money. And I started out on my way, and our pastor says this, he gives you more on your way than before you get started. Mm. <laughs> and what that simply means is once I get started, got started, somebody donated $5,000 to my television program. Once I got started, people started sowing seed in my life. But God was waiting on me to get started. And that's why you have to look at that passion, Joshua 1.8, and you shall make your way prosperous, then you'll have good success. Mm. Wow. <laughs> i tell you what. So you, I'm sorry, to answer your question, it's more than just a thought. I had to do something. I contacted the radio stations. I didn't have money, but I had a phone, so I contacted the people. And they made allotments for me and, and payments that, you know, you had to pay a month in advance. Well, the guy let me pay week by week. A favor came, and favor is using uh, somebody using their power uh, ability and their sphere of influence on your behalf. And once I got started, all kinds of doors were opening. You know what? When you let's say let's go back to those years when you were in debt and you were in mm -hmm. this apartment and your husband was traveling all over the world. Right now, a lot of people are listening, and they have these dreams, they have these goals, they want to do these things, but they are afraid of getting started. Yes. You know, how do they start? I, I talk with people about that all the time. Mm -hmm. About starting, and, I, and I'll tell I tell people all the time. I don't care who it is. They a lot of times they get upset with me. Well, what are you doing towards your dreams? Mm -hmm. oh, I'm wait, what are you waiting on? It's not just going. It's not going to find you. You're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to do something. Just do something towards that. How, how how can someone get started? You know, I tell a ladies group that I am mentoring. I say, you know what? A composition book is about fifty cents. You can get two for a dollar. At a dollar, the 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 easiest thing you could do is just write it down. Yes, that's I mean that's a good start. I said even with your bills, when you're trying to get out of debt, it doesn't cost much for a book. You could at least write it down to know what you're believing God for, 
And so when I began to write things down, I used to have different, I mean, I had color-coded composition books. One was for the ministry. One was for businesses. One was for, you know, my personal uh, action plans. And the Lord just gave me a plan. And what I did was if I were to look at the whole book and the whole list, it was overwhelming. I couldn't handle it. But if I did one thing at a time, if I just got the credit report, that was one thing that I did. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, so in my ministry, when the Lord told me, I mean, when he spoke to me that night, he told me so many things that I would be doing. It didn't happen immediately, but it was one thing at a time. I was on the radio first, and then I was on a local uh, television station. And then last week, uh, I spoke before 7,000 women at the Old Lakewood Church. I mean, I could a year ago, I would have never thought that that was possible, but I got started. Mm. You don't need money to get started. You need all you need. Faith and favor is worth more than money. There's somebody out there with what you need, and I just truly believe that. I'm a witness that once I got started, and guess what? Can I, can I just share this with you? Yes, yes, yes. When I got started, right, a year ago when he told me what I was going to do, I hadn't got the invitation. But it wasn't until after I got started that I got a FedEx package asking me to speak at this awesome conference with all of these other powerful women. People didn't know who I was. And something real funny happened. They allowed me to have a book signing at this conference with 7,000 women. <laughs> and so um, they allowed me to do a book signing. And one night a lady said, well, I don't know who she is. I'm not buying her book. And my mom said, Wow. That was kind of forward. I said, well, Mom, I really understand what she's talking about. Well, after I ministered that night, I called my mom because we, they took the speakers to another place. And I said, Mom, how, how's everything going? Now, the first night, I only sold two books. The second night, she said, I can't talk. It's flooded. The people here, I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> so much so to the following day, they wanted me to come and do a special appearance to sign the books. Look at that. That's just how things can turn around when you get started. Wow, wow. And all it takes is that first step. That initial But keep working it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I went to get the television program, I was all excited. But then the insurance company said I had to pay this and this and this, and I didn't have it. But guess what? For every problem, there is a solution. Wow. Did you hear that, Brian? I, I'm... Greg, are you there? Yes. Did you hear that? I didn't hear it. I, my, my phone went out for us. Yes, say, say, say that again. I said, for every problem, there is a solution. And I've learned not to panic. I just need to find that solution. <laughs> How many times do people hear bad news or they hear they're stuck in a situation and they just lose it when they can't? They, they don't even think. I'm, I, all the time. But you know what I found out? God, I thought about how many times I worried, I cried, and I panicked, and God brought me out. So I came to this conclusion. He's going to bring me out anyway. So I could either sleep and have a good night's sleep, or I could stay up worrying. And the same outcome is going to happen. I'm his own, so he's going to come through for me. So I figured since he's up, he neither slumbers nor sleep. Both of us don't need to be up. So, so basically what you did was you held him to his word. I, 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 you know what I told him? When he gave me the vision for my life, I told him like our pastor says, God, you're going to be embarrassed if you don't come through because you told me to do this. And every time he comes through. But you know absolutely. what? You, you you have to know the word to know that. Am I right? That is absolutely. Many people don't know the promises that are made available to them just because they don't read the word. Mm. I had gotten so bad that at first I wasn't really a reader. So guess what? I got the, the, the Bible on CD. Because <laughs> faith <laughs> comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's so I heard it, it read to me. And it has been doing wonders in my life. And I am just so glad I answered the call. You know, the enemy will try to play you know, tricks with you and say, well, you could have been doing this 10 years ago. You know what? I put that out the window. But right now, I'm getting started. Mm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I, I, I tell you what, you know, and I, and I say this all the time, but I want you to look back over your life. I want you to look back at the times when you were in the valley, and people don't know this part. People don't see this out. All they see is the, the, the you on the stage standing in front of 7,000 women and signing autographs. They, they don't see the behind the scenes of what happened years ago when you wanted to just, just give up. 
mm-hmm. and, and and you didn't think your life was was worth anything, and and people just didn't understand how you had to fight to hold on to your sanity. People don't understand that part. Um, can, can you talk about that? Well, the Bible talks about fight the good fight of faith. The the thing, the operative word is it's a fight. You have to fight for what you want. Many times we think something mystical is going to happen. God speaks to us, and he's going to open the sky, and all of a sudden, let me give you an example. I'm teaching a class this Saturday on how to be a wife. The Lord just told me to do it. Uh, How to be a wife. Many people think after they get married, uh, you're just going to live happily ever after. Well, anybody who's married knows that that's not the case. No. (laughs) But things changed in my marriage when we realized we had to fight for it. And when we got on one accord and began to fight, I'm telling you, I am living the best that I have ever lived before. So it's just a decision to fight. If I understand, we already know the outcome. The outcome says we win. It's the middle that we're unsure about. So the thing is, if I just hold my course long term, I'm going to win. And, I mean, sometimes I was closing my eyes swinging, (laughs) but I was still fighting. Yeah. And and that's just how, you know, you don't always know how it's going to work out, but you know in the end you win, and that's kind of what I, I stuck to. I just hold my course. Uh, my pastor's wife, Dr. Bridget Hillier, she preached the message, faith to go to distance, and that's what I held on to. I got faith to go to distance because when the smoke settles and the dust clears, I'm going to be the last one standing. Mm. Mm. And that's how I lived my life, and it is paying off now. And I just want to empower, you know, the people have got to understand that the lifestyle that you want, it's available to you. The businesses that you work for, you could own those same types of businesses. I came off my job. I was a manager in a bank. I came off my job. I was making pretty good money, and my husband was preaching, and he was coming home with pretty good money, but we were still getting shut-off notices every other month. See, people don't like to talk like that, but I'm just going to keep it real because I'm transparent. I was the queen of arrangements. (laughs) <laughs> the only favor I had was when I called people and they didn't give me the answer I want, I would call back and somebody would extend me a couple more weeks. But I realized that wasn't the life that God wanted me to have. I had been off my job for a few years and still wasn't living in abundance. Well, let me tell you the end of the story. We moved from that two-bedroom apartment um, five years ago, and now I live in a brand-new five-bedroom, five-bathroom house on a golf course, three Lexuses. It's not about the things, but it's just about what God can do if you let him use you. Mm. Right, right. So my whole lifestyle, and I'm guess what? I'm doing what I love doing and getting paid very well to do it. Mm. You know, I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the things you have in your book. One thing you talk about, uh, having a life of peace. Yes. You know, talk about the peace of prosperity. What does that mean to you? Well, you know, Philippians 4, 6 through 9, it talks about be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. You know, peace. Some people said, you know what, I'm all right with my house, I'm all right with my car, but if I could just get a good night's sleep. Peace is so important. And we have practiced that in our household that we are people of peace. But you can only have peace when you know that everything is taken care of. And I just want to suggest that sometimes when we worry and we pray, and, and we don't pray rather, we, we worry rather than pray, we need to check our relationship with God. Because somewhere there's some doubt zone in your life that he really cannot handle what you're going through. Mm. Do you understand? What I, I, I only worry about things that I'm not sure of. Ah. But when you have that peace that it's, it's all good, then you you it it it, it really is a, a motivator. Peace of mind is something that I believe we all desire, but people don't realize how to achieve it. And one way uh, to get peace is to get rid of the drama. See, sometimes we can't have peace because there's some folk in our lives that um, just promote drama. So sometimes it's a cleaning out that needs to be done in order to achieve that peace. You know, it's funny you say that because that was on my mind when when you said about talking about the folk. Yeah. You know, how important is it for you to to have to well how 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 do I want to put this? How important is it for you to have those type of friends that can motivate you as well as those type of friends who need motivating? 
Well, that's a very good question. I have to limit now, and I don't know if y'all are going to be able to handle this. When I'm in ministry, I am there to motivate others. That's my assignment. I'm called to empower others. That's my assignment. But as far as people I hang out with, they have to be motivators to me. Because the law of environment says that I'll be more like them. I will, I will turn more like them than turn them like me. Let me, let, me, let me say it another way. If I hang around a bunch of doubters, it is only a matter of time before I doubt, well, God, did you really say this to me? Now, if I'm encouraging you, that's just for a moment, but I'm not hanging out with you. You're not speaking into my life. So it's important that you kind of separate the two. And the hardest thing for me to do was have to cut some people off that I dearly love and said, I'm going to a place where you're not ready to go. See, I have some people, I spoke to a friend even today, that, well, I'm, I'm so glad that, that things are going wealthy, but I heard in her voice that there was something else going on. And I said, don't let the enemy fool you. God can afford both of our dreams. And that's what people, see, the only, the only reason people hate on you or different things like that is because they really don't think, they think if you got it, then he ran out. No, he can afford both of our dreams. And so I hang around people that are movers and shakers that motivate me, and I minister to those who need to get to where I am. You know, you, you were talking about some people that you have to cut off. I'm going to say this, and I know you're going to put it out there just like it's supposed to be out there. A lot of those people that are negative, that are doubters, are family members. How do you deal with them? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm like Jesus. Who is my family? Them that do the will of my father. I mean, it has gotten to a place. Now, again, this is a very good example in this life for me because I just went through it. I taught a class. And some one of my family members, this is going to shock you, sent an email to another family member. How is she qualified to teach this class? A cousin of mine. <laughs> what they did was they hit reply to all by accident. Ooh, ain't God funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so it came back to me. But let me tell you how doubt is. If faith comes by hearing, then so does doubt. So when I got that email, though I was, like, combative against it, like the devil is a liar, it, 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 it seeped into my spirit. And so I kept thinking to myself, am I really qualified? Wow. Well, when I came that night to the conference, that day rather, to the conference, the, the, the parking lot was packed. All I did was advertise over MySpace, and a few, we, we didn't advertise on the radio, television, or anything. And I'm thinking, something is going on. Why are all of these cars in my parking lot? I'm thinking something has happened. I didn't know what was going on. When I walked in there and saw that place filled, I knew I was qualified. (laughs) See, people try to hold your past and see family members know your past. Mm -hmm. So they're going to always bring out your past. So that validated me. But, yeah, I I have to deal with that with my family members. Because now all of a sudden uh, when the book came out and certain things happened, they, everybody had a hand in it. Oh, I knew you were going to always. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you, I mean, you keep it moving. I love them from a distance. And, I, and you know, I go to family functions, um, but I don't, I don't hang out with them. I, I, you know, I'm going somewhere. Yeah, and, and you know what, it, it's, it's love. But that's, they chose to think that way. Absolutely. That's 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 what they're choosing to do, and you're choosing to do something else. Yes. So the two, they're not going in the same direction. So why in the world would you sit there? Oh, oh, that's family. Well, I'm sorry. And, and if they're not believers, the truth is, it's going to seem foolish. See, the way I was talking years ago, five years ago, seemed foolish to my family members until they saw, it, you know, they saw it come to pass. Now they're hating. Before, I was just a dreamer. Do you understand what I mean? Like, I don't work a traditional job. I'm doing what I love to do, and I'm living better than every last one of them. That's not to brag. Please don't mistake. But the point is, is that if you listen to people, you'll never get here. I'm here now. While they were saying that, I, you know, she, you know, I mean, they were really bad. I mean, she went to oh, school yeah. and everything, and she's not working, and she knows she needs to work. She's only 30 years old. What do you mean she doesn't work a job? But I had a, I had a plan. 
Mm. And that plan is coming to pass in my life. Now at 35, I'm living better than I have ever lived before. I'm gone at least six times a month, and it is wonderful. I love it. Well, you should. You should. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight we have with us best-selling author and pastor Monica Haskell. You know, Ms. Haskell, it's funny that you say that because so many people aspire to do something like what you're doing, mm-hmm. whether it be in the secular world or in, you know, in the ministry. Yeah. And you have so many other folks that doubt them until they make it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I laughed when you talked about how they said, I know you could do it because you've heard that so many times before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the song, I've heard it all before. Yes. Um. I can remember myself when I used to be in the music industry, and people would always say, oh, you can sing, but you ain't going to never make it in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Well, when I finally made two, uh, made a CD, and I was signed with a local uh, record label, mm-hmm. and my posters were plastered all over my hometown, then everybody said, I knew he was going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then everybody wanted to be, you know, everybody want to be down then. And know? be responsible for your success. Right, you know. I knew that boy could sing. I mm-hmm. taught him how to sing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yes, you know, everybody wants to be a part of your success, but you make one false move. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be the first ones pushing that dagger a little deeper in your back. Absolutely. So what do you do so that you don't make a misstep? I... You know what? The Lord spoke to me and said, the people, if you have a good heart, if you really want to please God, you are always looking for the right choices. People who are perverted and are just trying to succeed, they're always looking for the right places. See, I don't want to go everywhere. I want to make the right choices. I don't have to be in certain camps. I believe that my gifts will make room for me right where I am so I don't have to compromise. And that's the difference. If you keep your heart pure, then all of that other stuff doesn't really matter. And that's what I, – I, I don't really worry about making a misstep because if I'm looking to him, then I'm, I'm just going to do what he calls me to do. Now, on the other hand, in business and different things, I'm starting some other companies, and, and the Lord is just really blessing. Uh, if I try something that doesn't work, so what? I'll just try something different. And that's where I think we have the misnomer that we can't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. People do it all the time in business. I, I I forget which company it was, but it was one company that changed their name like eight times until they got it right. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. I tried something, it didn't work, I'm gonna try something different. Do you think and, it's you know? Yeah, do you think it's a rejection? People are just afraid of, of rejection? It, you know what, it's probably affirmation, and people look for affirmation, but you have to have manifestation before affirmation. So just keep working it. Do something, and then we'll praise you. You don't look for affirmation before, because somebody said to me, I was looking for um, a name for one of my businesses, and they were saying, well, why don't you do, and it was some common names. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. And they said, well, that doesn't make sense. And I said, do you know that Xerox is not a word, was never a name, but yet when we photocopy something, we say, would you please Xerox that for me? They made their name great. Kodak was not a name, but they decided to name that company Kodak, and now we say that's a Kodak moment because they defined what that was. I believe God. I may do some things that have never been done before, but that's okay. And you won't understand it, and I'm okay with that. Mm, That's awesome. And it's funny how we just grab a hold to things without truly understanding how things are working. We want to see, we pray for things, but we want to see the steps on how it's being done. Absolutely. And that's not faith. Absolutely. Yes, a lot of things that we do, we do it, but we want to watch every single thing. We think once we pray, we think once we put it out there. It's still in our control to make it happen, and it's not. Once we put it out there, we need to leave it alone and just go and do what we're supposed to do. You know, I told my Bible class that God is navigational. You know the GPS system? God Mm -hmm. is a very navigational God. 
It is not until you go to the corner that they told you to go to that it says make a left. It doesn't tell you the whole route. After you make that left, then it says it goes about 500 feet and then make a right. Well, that's how God is. He gives you more on your way than before you get started. He's not giving you the whole room. You you wouldn't need to trust him. Why would we need to? If he gave us the whole plan, then we wouldn't need to trust him. That's right. So faith is just acting like a thing is so before it is so. So I believed God that I was walking in prosperity when I was living in that two-bedroom apartment. And guess what? I told you, exposure creates expansion. We live on a golf course and, and all of these wonderful things. You know, a few years ago, this would have been my dream house. Now, people can't handle this, but guess what? Exposure creates expansion. So this is not it for me. There's another one out there. There is another level that I'm giving. My faith... See, faith is not something you just relax on just like an exercise program. You start an exercise program, you probably couldn't jog for five minutes. But then when you get up to five minutes, you, can't, you don't say for the rest of my life I'm going to jog at five minutes. I need to go up to 20 minutes, and that's where I am now. I got here, but there's some more stretching I need to do to the next level. Yes, and you know what? I would love to visit and play golf on y'all golf course. So, <laughs> and I don't so, even so, play golf. But you know what? In this next house, you make sure you, you the next house that you get, you make sure you put your own golf course out there. Okay. And, and, and like, I, I received that. And, and, yeah, because see, a, I'm living in a place where they're telling me what to do because it's one of those communities. You have to do this and that. I don't really do well with people telling me what to do. <laughs> That's right. Well, you, you, build, you build this next house from the ground up. You... you you know, get the golf course going, and Brian and I will come out and play. We'll come out and play. Absolutely. I'm going to caddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to caddy. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, I think you had a question for her. Yeah, you know, my next question is, what is the purpose of prosperity? Oh, you ask such good questions. The purpose <laughs> of prosperity is to advance the kingdom. And I know people would love to say it's about a house and a car. God doesn't mind that. He really doesn't. But he doesn't care whether you have it or not. My husband and I were talking, and I said, why do people say the Lord uh, wants me to have a Bentley? He doesn't care if you drive a Hyundai. It doesn't make him any difference whether you drive a Hyundai. or. But he said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. That's right. So he doesn't mind you having your own desires. So you don't have to lie on him and say he wanted you to have a Bentley because he really could care less. The purpose of prosperity is to advance the kingdom. But it's like any good job. When you work a good job, you get a little, you know, petty cash fund, you get a car, you get a little credit card where you have benefits. We have the benefits of prosperity. But my ultimate reason for being prosperous is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would not be able to do some of the things that I'm doing uh, if I didn't have money. That's the bottom line. And then I talked before about how it's Holy Ghost filled bait. When I drive around in my truck and it's it's nice and, and everything and people talk to us, the Lord pays well. I give <laughs> credit and glory back to God because there's a uh, you know this misnomer that you have to be deep, look scary, have a big pulpit Bible. But when people see me in the the mall and they're talking to me, oh, I like your hair and different things, and I look just as normal as they do. But I can share the love of Jesus Christ and what God has done for me. I am much more effective than looking weird and spaced out. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and guess what? I can share. If somebody is hungry or need clothes, I can share them uh, with them a track. All day long. But they're not listening to me until the bread issue has been solved. Mm. So the point is, if I'm hungry, I need to feed them, and I need money to do that. Mm. It is my goal to be able to bless somebody with a vehicle. I've already done it. I had a brand-new 2000 uh, Camry. In 2003, my husband bought me a Lexus, and I sold that car. That felt great. Yes. I bet it did. It felt absolutely great. And now that I have the truck, now I might hold on to my truck unless the Lord tell me. <laughs> but but it's for the kingdom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i tell you what, uh, listeners, if you would just go to her website, you'll see what Brian and I were talking about at the beginning of the of the show. It's PastorMonicaHaskell.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-M-O-N-I-C-A-H-A-S-K-E-L-L.com. And you'll see what what we were talking about earlier. You know, Brian, Brian asked you the question about prosperity. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think about people out there? And I know, I know that you, yeah, somebody in the chat room is talking about you. They're giving you a compliment. I, I, I know that people, the ones that don't understand. I know we, I know it's not your job to save everybody. I know right. you can't reach every hater. I, I, I know you can't do that, or uh, should I say, non-believers, a person that just don't believe. Mm-hmm. But that one that's out there on the fence, that's that's thinking about committing suicide. That one that. That that little girl that was molested, or that woman that's being raped and beaten right now, as we talk in, in fellowship and we're having a wonderful time, somebody somewhere is suffering. Mm-hmm. And you know, and they're saying these people are talking about prosperity, and I'm hurting, and I'm going through this, or I'm going through that. What would you say to them as far as how they can get started, how they can come out of that? and how that they will truly know that there is a tomorrow and joy does come in the morning. Well, then the book is, is absolutely for them as well. Entitled to more means I don't have to take the foolishness that I took before. Awesome. Entitled to more also talks about getting rid of toxic relationships that don't mean you in the, any good. Entitled to more also talks about getting rid of your past. You are not what your past says you are. And so it encompasses everything. Prosperity is just one small chapter of the book. Entitled to more means even my way of thinking that was so warped because of what I've been through, I'm entitled to more than that. You know, I used to make allowances for all of my mess until I read the scripture how the Bible talks about behold all things become new. I can't own that anymore because in him I'm new. And so to that person that's suffering, you too are entitled to more. You are a daughter of inheritance. You are a man that's entitled to more. God died that you you too might have the abundant life. And that's made available to you regardless of what you've been through or what you're going through. And there is a way of escape. We talked about it a few minutes ago. Every problem has a solution. You just have to get on your face to find that solution. You just have to look for it. It's there. Absolutely. There is somebody that has gone through what you've gone through and made it out. Mm. Yes. You know, and and that's, that's what, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and that's and that's what they need to follow. You know, and the, the funny thing about it is, that's the purpose of our show. We want to we want to bring people on that have been through the fire, and you know, people who can show the the battle scars and say. Look at that scar. It healed. It's a, it was a scar, but mm-hmm. it healed. Yes. So I've been wounded, but I healed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been through the fire. I've been burned, but that burn ain't there no more. Amen. It don't hurt no more. Amen. You know, and, you know, we just commend you because not everybody will come on and, and talk about, you know, the fact that they were, you know, had a great job and still were <laughs> month to month. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it... it I remember it was someone else who we had on the show, and they said, and they said you know, not everybody puts their business out on blast. Mm-hmm. You know, because when people see you, they don't see that person that's going from month to month. They see, yeah. oh, you know, she drive a Lexus, and she's on TV, she got a book, and they think that you're not just a normal person with regular issues and regular problems, you know. And, of course, we know that everybody, successful or not, they still have their everyday issues of life that they deal with, you know. But here comes my next question. And since you say I, I ask great questions, I appreciate <laughs> that. What is the power of prosperity? Ooh. Well, first of all, let's let's just talk on the on the normal level. Okay. People who are prosperous have power, right? They okay. walk in power. You, if you are an heiress to a, a, you know, an estate or whatever, just because of who you are, just because of your name, you walk in a certain power and ability. And it, and it kills me because a lot of people with a whole lot of money, people are always giving them something. If you look at Oprah, they're always giving them something. I'm like, they don't need it. <laughs> you know, uh, some of us could use it. They get in free. <laughs> exactly. They get everything, and they send them all of this stuff that they could afford to buy. But when you have prosperity, you are uh, you have some power in its own right. But when you talk about spiritually, the power of the Holy Spirit is so important because you talked about um, how do you know that you're not going to make a misstep. When you're living governed by this kind of GPS system that's telling you what to do, 
uh, when to do it, what not to do. Don't make a move. Stand still. Make a. Your job is really, really simple when you think of it in those terms. All I have to do is play the part. Somebody is really puppeteering me from above. All I need to do is show up, and that's how things get done in our lives. That's how power. I believe when I go into different places, I command respect, not because you know I wrote a book, not because many people, even people that may be listening, never heard of me. But if I came into a place, you would know that I was there and you would wonder who I was because the power of God. I'm in the market and people just start talking. Do you understand? But it's a confidence. It's not an arrogance. It's a confidence that exudes. And then I'm talking to everybody, and I'm and I'm just sharing the love of Jesus, and they want to know. And I want to go back to something about peace. Peace is not the absence of challenges. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is calmness in the midst of chaos. It means that everything else around me, all of the focus in my life and my family could still be acting crazy, but I have this peace. Mm. Wow. That's that's the difference. And guess what? When you walk in that peace, some of those people are going to get out of the way because they, they're going to feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean. So it doesn't mean that I don't have problems. It just means I know how to handle them. I'm not stressing out because in the end it works for my good, and I'm resting in that. Yes. You know, Brian and I, we do a lot of absence training with youth. We go into the detention center, jails, and prisons. And just last week I was talking with um, a lot, some of the little girls that were there, 15, 16 years old, and, and then they're in this particular uh, place and they can't go home because of some of the things that they've done wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with one of the little girls, I think she's 15, and mm-hmm. she said that you're teaching abstinence training. Abstinence means someone that's practicing not to ever have sex, right? I said, yes, kind of. And she said, well, I've already had sex before, so there's no way that I can get up now. And and the reason I'm saying that is so many people out there in the world have done some things Mm -hmm. that they're allowing others to bring up their past Mm -hmm. to stop their journey towards their dreams and their goals. What would you say to that person that feels like, you know what, I can't do anything because of my past. I can't be transparent because it will hurt too much. Mm. What can I do to do what I want to do? Yes. Well, that's why we have to, in the church, the ministers of the gospel have to stop faking it. Because the people that we're ministering to, we we, we can talk about it so well because we've been there. But many of us clean up well. Mm. Um, That's why I tell all my dirty laundry. I mean, I tell all the stuff, the good, the bad, the ugly, indifferent, but people respect me. I'm not trying to impress church people. I want the unsaved. I want that woman, I want that person that said, I ain't never going back to church, to say, you know what, but I found one person that would be real. So I would tell that individual, okay, yeah, you made mistakes, but so did I. I, And I would tell them that, yeah, you had sex before, but you can abstain from this point on. And you're going to be a a greater testimony. Why? Because you have done it before. You may still desire to do it, but God is keeping you. And people around you, your family and friends, because they knew you when, they'll say it definitely has to be something going on with her for her to have made that change. Mm. And so from any point, you know, a millionaire told me before, he says at every point of a millionaire's life, you had to start from somewhere. You get it? Yeah. Every point, they had to start somewhere. Everybody starts at different places. And that's what I would share with that young lady. You, too, can have a wonderful life. You may be in a detention center right now, but from this point on, you could make a change in your life. And I also want to say to you publicly, please contact Minister Janelle. Give her your information because when you go to the prisons, I want to send some books. Mm. I just want to donate them. I want to sow. I believe in the law of reciprocity, that I reap what I sow, but I would love to sow into some of their lives, that they are entitled to more, that they would come out with a mindset that, no, it's got to be more than this. Mm. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Absolutely. I want to go, I want to go back to the power of prosperity. Mm-hmm. You talked about that. You know, what happens, you know, and you know. Brian, we can barely hear you, Brian. Oh, I'm sorry. You know this, of course, because you've lived it and you've mm-hmm. you've experienced it. But for the folks who haven't experienced, what happens when you put your mind 
into when you focus your mind on that the on the power of prosperity. I think well, fulfillment for me and purpose. I finally found a passion, and when you find passion, uh, two o'clock in the morning, you you wouldn't believe it's two o'clock in the morning because it's something you just absolutely love to do. The power in prosperity is is the hope that you give somebody else. I didn't come from um, a, a background that you know my social economic status was so wonderful and. I, I mean, I had a lot of negatives going for me. I had bad credit. I had everything jacked up that you can think about. But the power in prosperity is it wasn't just because of who my, my father was or who my mother was, but because I was a child of the king, that power in, a, in, in prosperity was made available to me. It reminds me of a story. Um, it talks about how um, a guy had a son and was separated from his son in a kingdom. And he later on went to remarry, had other children. But he always longed for that son, and he put up an inheritance for that son. Well, that son was walking around in the village, and people kept he kept posting notes everywhere saying, if you see this person, this person has this, this, and this. Well, what happened was the people in the village kept going to this young boy and kept saying, you, you, you don't have a home, you don't have this and that. But we keep seeing this sign saying that this is available. Well, he never believed the story. He never believed the messages. And that's how the believers are walking around. They don't believe the messages. This inheritance, this prosperity is laid up for them, but they never believe the messages. Mm, that's awesome. You know, uh, Pastor Haskell, you, you're going to have someone contact um, Janelle concerning, you know, you speaking or, or your workshops and your seminars. We're in the chat room right now. The gentleman is asking about you, Pastor White and, and um uh, I think it's in St. Louis, Missouri. But Praise God. Yes. I wanted to ask you about your seminars and your workshop. If 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 you had a seminar, well, I know you have a lot of them. I know you have a lot of workshops and things. What can I expect out of your seminars? What can I take away from that? Well, first of all, it's going to be raw and uncut. You're not going to see a whole bunch of churchisms um, because we do a lot of things in the church that the people in the world don't understand because we have jargon and all of that things. I'm going to talk straight I'm going to keep it real, and you're going to have a great time. I use a lot of humor in my stories and different things like that, but, for instance, the class that I'm doing, How to Be, the, be a Wife, I don't just talk about, I talk about Eve. Mm-hmm. I talk about, now, I don't know how your, your brother's going to handle this, but I talk about how, <laughs> I talk about how Eve, uh, when Adam was created, we see the first problem. The first problem was, it talks about how on uh Genesis 2.18 talks about how it's not good for man to be alone. Up until that point, everything was good. Everything he created said it was good, it was good, it was good. Man gets created, all of a sudden it's a problem. And so (laughs) the problem was it's not good for man to be alone. Now, up until this point, everything was, it was good, it was good. Then man comes, it's a problem, it's not good. Woman is created. This is the first time he says, and it is very good. And so I teach the power (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of being a woman. And the thing is, I'm just going to keep it real because I'm going to tell you about my past. But I'm going to tell you where I am now, and that gives you hope. And I think that uh, that that just transparency is real, re- relevant, and relational. Well, does your does your husband do seminars and workshops as well? Because we we can't leave the men out now. Y'all can't just my leave husband. Out. My husband is absolutely awesome. One of the most anointed teachers in the body of Christ, and so and I'm not just being partial, <laughs> but he taught a message. He normally I preach Mother's Day, but he preached a message from God, a prophetic word to the women of faith. And I'm telling you, <laughs> you want to get that CD. But, yes, he's an awesome teacher of the Word of God. He's teaching a men's class called Men with a Mantle. And it's mm. absolutely wonderful. The men are – actually, the men's attendance were greater than the women uh, this past week. And so we need to fix that. But <laughs> Well, that's right. Y'all can't leave us out now. Y'all can't leave us out. Yes, it is. That's, that, that's awesome that he can draw – that type of attention to him, and and have these men sit down because we know iron sharpens iron. But but yes. what I wanted, yeah, but what I wanted to say and ask you was, so you and your husband as a team, you guys travel. You you're you're up for travel. You don't have a problem with traveling anywhere to to um, not at all. In your workshop, good. Not at all. Because I know <laughs> I know that's something that we're going to be asked. After this show, we're going to be asked that. So we want to put it out there. So if someone wanted to get in contact with you to buy your book, 
speaking mm-hmm. engagements or to get in touch with you and your husband both to say, we want you to come and put on this to our conference or our workshop or seminar, how would they get in contact with you? You could either go to my personal website, PastorMonica.com. You can go to PastorMonicaHaskell.com or PastorMonica.com. It takes you to the same place. Or you can go to iPrevail.org, which is our church's website, and contact us that way. Mm. And so we're more than happy to. This is what we're called to do, and we'd mm. love to do it. Well, your assistant is always bragging about you. So when I when I received the picture and and your bio, it was like I already knew you before I opened oh. any of that stuff. So, yeah, she you is have... the very best assistant in the whole wide world. She is helping me get there because she understands that what she makes happen for one guy will make happen for her. And so yes. I love you, Minister Janelle. <laughs> yes, yes, Janelle and her husband, Steve, both. Both of them. Yes, I both. awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before it just blows up, and it's just going to be crazy. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have some wonderful people working for you, and they're doing God's work, and they're, they're I mean, they love you, love you and your husband both. So, yes, I, I say, yeah, I, I applaud them for what they're doing. Yeah, Minister Steve is the boss. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been asking some, I wouldn't say they were tough questions, but I would say they were, they were they're insightful questions. I'm just going to ask a simple question right now. Uh-oh. Finally. <laughs> finally. How do you feel? Can you hear my smile <laughs> through the phone? <laughs> she already knows what you're Can you hear ask, my smile? I am the happiest that I have ever been. Because, you know, we've been prophesied to for so long. And I told my husband, because, see, I can have a bit of an attitude. I said to my really? husband, I don't want a I don't want another prophecy. <laughs> I want to see some manifestation happen in my life, and when it comes, I want to tell the world it feels good. Where you're not just hoping and praying that it happens. When you actually walk into your rightful place, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop smiling. And when I wake up, I'm thinking about something else. And when I go to bed, I'm thinking about something else. And I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> and we can definitely hear your smile. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But Praise just, but, God. But but just a little while just just a little while ago you were jacked up, you were broken, you were all of these different things. But look at you now. Amen. And heading to divorce court. So you had to wow. attend one of our seminars to hear that. Because we were both saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, but we were not getting along. <laughs> there was some problems. See, when you don't have money, that causes a, a whole lot of other problems. Yes, it does. And so, um, so, yeah, we were not getting along at all. But God. And so that's how I know if God can do it for us, I'm sure. We always tell couples this, you, you couldn't have been as bad as we were. Because, <laughs> see, we were coming to church putting on that church stuff, grace and peace. We were being bishop and first lady, pastor and first lady. We would get out, we would go to church, argue and get out the car and say, grace and peace, minister to the people, get back in the car and resume. But he, God. He, he had to submit. He knew he couldn't win with you anyway. He, he had to submit. <laughs> go ahead and say it. I know you don't want he, he to. He always say, you know what, you should have been a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, did you have anything further for Pastor Haskell? No, we got a, just under a minute, well, just over a minute, actually, okay, left good. in the show. Uh, my, Pastor Haskell, will you give out your information real quick? Yeah, you sure. Sure. sure, you can uh, visit me at PastorMonica.com, also on MySpace at MySpace.com slash PastorMonicaHaskell or www.iprevail.org, any of those three websites. You can reach me there. And, and right, men, awesome, awesome. Brian, let's make this clear. Men, she's married. She's taken. Absolutely. <laughs> happily Please. married. Happily married. <laughs> Off limits. But I'll believe God for your wife. <laughs> and she'll be just as fine as I am. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell him, I say, look, if you need ministering, she will direct you to her husband. <laughs> Praise go. the name of the Lord. Yes, yes, Absolutely. Yes, All right, we just got a, just under a minute. I just want to close out by saying, make it happen. Yes. You can make it happen. Amen. Because Pastor Monica believes, Greg believes, and I believe that you are entitled to more. Yes. 
You know, Greg, I think we've had a great show tonight. I, I know that we've accomplished our goal of helping others be more, do more, and have more. And I just want to invite everybody to come back on Wednesday night at 9 p.m. where we'll have another wonderful and enlightening, insightful show. Yes, yes. You know, Greg, who's our guest for Wednesday night? We're going to keep that a secret, Brian. They're just going to have to come back and, <laughs> and, and check it out. All right. With that being be said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you, and God bless and good evening. See us on Wednesday. Blog Talk Radio.